Welcome to Medical Minefield, the podcast where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. I'm Barney Kalman. And I'm Eve Simmons. We are health journalists, which means we spend our lives asking tough questions to top experts so you don't have to. This week, we're asking if antidepressants could leave some people with long-lasting sexual problems. As ever, we'd like to know what you think, so if you have a question or a suggestion for us on Medical Minefield, tweet us at MedMinefield. So we're going to be talking about antidepressants this weekend. Uh, We've got a a major investigation um, looking at reports of uh, some people who are being left with long-lasting sexual dysfunction, having taken SSRI antidepressants, the most common kind of antidepressants that Mm. are are given these days. And what do they include? So things like fluoxetine, which is otherwise known as Prozac, sertraline, which I believe is the most commonly given now. How many people are taking these? Um, I believe there's been a recent increase which takes us up to about 8.3 million people in the UK currently on antidepressants. Now, I mean, side effects is, is something that's that's regularly talked about and patients would routinely be, be warned about side effects to, the, to these medicines. However, in 2019, the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, who provide guidelines for, for doctors, they updated their advice on SSRI antidepressants specifically to warn uh, that if you take them for many months that when you stop trying to take them you could suffer from all kinds of withdrawal symptoms and they list all sorts of other contraindications, side effects etc but one thing that really I couldn't find mentioned anywhere was sexual dysfunction which one professor, the author of a very controversial recent paper on antidepressants that suggested depression had nothing to do with serotonin in the brain, so antidepressants that boosted serotonin couldn't possibly work, Professor Joanna Moncrief. She has also been looking into anecdotal evidence that many patients, not only when they take antidepressants, develop sexual dysfunction, erectile dysfunction or sexual dysfunction in women, loss of libido, loss of sexual desire, that this persists in some patients for years after they stop taking it, which is quite worrying. On the line, we've got our resident GP columnist, Dr. Ellie Cannon, who's become something of an expert in talking about this subject. Ellie, thanks very much for being on the line. Is sexual dysfunction in people who take SSRIs something you see on ground level? Although it, it may not be sort of specifically flagged up, I know in, in the main guidance, doctors don't, don't always go by that and will warn patients that they see certain things anyway. Yes, it is definitely something that we see on the ground, both in male and female patients, absolutely. And sexual dysfunction is something that is mentioned. I certainly don't think it's something that we commonly warn patients about. I think we're very keen always to talk about life-threatening side effects first. And so we probably don't talk about this enough, but it is absolutely a recognised problem. And If patients do mention it, and then I say, yes, absolutely, we know that is an issue with an SSRI, they're actually quite relieved that you tell them that's what it is. Ellie, what kind of prevalence are we talking about? So how many patients would you see this in if, so, for instance, 10 patients were taking antidepressants? I think it's difficult with prevalence because it all relies on self-reporting. But I would certainly say 
out of 10 patients who I prescribe to, maybe one or two may mention it. That wouldn't surprise me. But I don't feel that it's said as a big problem in the same way that somebody might say they feel nauseated or, or something like that. And I think possibly that's because of the way we all perceive relationships and sex in terms of importance and also what people feel is valuable to report as a side effect and also how important somebody's sex life is when they're suffering from depression. So I think there's a lot of reasons why it might not be mentioned. I have a friend who mentioned this to me years ago that he took antidepressants. He had terrible problems with depression and took antidepressants. And this this happened to him. He he didn't get erectile dysfunction, but he was unable to to complete the act. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. And it's called an anorgasmia, isn't it? Mm, it is, yeah. Basically not being able to finish, yeah. But, however, by the time his antidepressants are kicked in to the extent that they'd got rid of his depression-ish to be causing that, mm. he wasn't that bothered anymore. <laughs> Which might be another effect of the drugs, I suppose. Well, yeah, and I suppose this is it. I think, and I think this is sort of like hard to unpick. And there's lots of different things going on here. There's there's the risk versus the benefits of all medications. And anybody who takes a regular medication, whatever it may be, knows there are positives and negatives. And sometimes the negatives are worth bearing because of the positives. And especially if somebody is so depressed that their quality of life is completely shot then it's you know you could understand why he would have that sort of point of view but then on the other hand I suppose you could say well it's pretty miserable if you get your life back and you're starting to feel interested again in a relationship and living your life properly but actually you can't have sex because of your treatment so I mean it's a difficult one and it's difficult because of the way it's talked about and the way it's reported and also because, as I say, it crosses over between being a symptom of depression and being a side effect of medication. Interesting. Ellie, do you think that uh, enough doctors are aware of the problem and are warning patients about it? I don't think we regularly and generally warn patients about it. And I think you, in order to understand that, you have to put yourself into the context of a consultation when somebody is starting antidepressants. As I say, I know personally, I'm so sort of busy warning them about the chance of them not feeling very well, having feeling worse from a depression point of view for the first couple of weeks. But I suppose suddenly bringing up a sex life or your libido almost seems a bit incongruous. It shouldn't, but just to put it in the context of how that sort of looks with the doctor and the patient in the room, I can understand why it's not widely said. Did the 2019 change with the, the recognition of withdrawal symptoms by NICE affect how you had conversations about that problem with patients? Yes, no, absolutely. You know, and all of these changes with NICE guidelines really do affect what we say and how we warn patients alongside sort of personal experiences and experience of other patients. Yeah. So, for instance, if they did say going forwards that, that this was a recognised serious side effect and that the doctors needed to talk about it, it would make it more likely that that conversation was had? I think it would, but I stand by what I said, that the context of a consultation where you're talking about somebody whose depression is bad enough that they want to start medication, 
I'm not saying it's hard to broach it. I'm not saying we shouldn't broach it. We should be broaching it, but I can understand why we don't because it seems trivial in comparison to what you're talking about. Now, that is wrong. It shouldn't be trivial. It should be part of the discussion, but I can understand why it's not. Mm. Well, Ellie, thanks very much for finding some time to talk to us. Thank you. Well, there are some people that are very unhappy with the way in which their antidepressant was prescribed and the lack of information that they got on this particular symptom. And right now we're going to speak to somebody who has really suffered these kind of problems since stopping taking antidepressants. On the line now is Lee Edward, who has had some experience of this um, personally. Lee, can you start by telling us a little bit about when you first started taking antidepressants and what kind of problems you might have noticed straight away or, or did the problems start a little bit later on? I started the antidepressants in about July 2017. I'd been suffering some panic attacks where I was going dizzy and nearly blanking out. So I took the doctor's advice and then decided to have the antidepressants. And then six weeks later, I started to feel really good and felt like I was thinking how a normal person would think. So that was great. And so I continued to take them. I didn't want to sound them, but I continued to take them for about 18 months and then because they did give me a lot of lethargic feelings. I stopped taking them, weaned myself off in about March 2019. But I didn't really notice anything until about the August, September time. And did you have, with regards to the sexual dysfunction issues, did you have those kind of problems while you were taking the antidepressant or did it only happen when you stopped? No, not really. It was, um, you have the sort of, feeling but you can't ejaculate when you're having sex so that type of feeling when you're on them but the main problems is when when I'd stopped were you in a relationship or no no okay so how how did the problem kind of present itself did you was it a sort of general feeling of lack of interest and that kind of thing um it wasn't so much the interest I noticed I started to ejaculate and there was no pleasure whatsoever and then sometimes there was pain um, so I did go to the doctors and they, they did a blood test and then sent me for um, a scan of that area and everything was fine. But it really started baffling me how you can go from this normal pleasure feeling to zero and I mean it was nothing. So then it got worse and worse to the point where I was completely numb down there. Um, it was only then around Christmas time that I stumbled across PSSD. I'd been searching it daily every single day thinking you know what can this be and this is the name of the syndrome psd what does that stand for post ssri sexual dysfunction right right and there's a support group is is that right there's many groups on facebook i've joined them all and it was then that i started reading these stories and thinking oh my god this is literally what i have your emotions sort of get blunted as well so it wasn't just the sexual side of it i felt sort of no feeling for anybody or anything you know you get butterflies or when your hair stand up on end on your arm and all that type of thing completely gone it was straight it's certainly the strangest feeling is there is there any question in your mind as to whether these things might also in part be symptoms of your anxiety that's the first thing the doctors say but this is so this is I've suffered up and down mental health problems all my life and never, ever have I experienced this. 
it sort of strips you of any human feeling. It's way more than just a low mood, depression type thing. And it's really difficult to explain because people say, oh, just take Viagra. When you've never experienced it, you can't imagine that this can happen to you, where you can be sucked of all of your emotional. And I'm, I'm not talking, you know, dulled. I'm talking completely disappeared. So, so you... You feel completely numb. Is that is that right? Yeah. Well, it's almost like the nerves have been damaged. Basically, moving on from there, I've realised it's a brain thing. It's all to do with the chemicals in your brain that get messed up by the influx of serotonin that gets sent in there by the antidepressants, and they get damaged. And that's basically what it is. It's brain damage. Have you tried any treatment at all, Lee? Only from myself. The doctors don't want to know. Basically, since that 2019, I have spent hundreds and hundreds of pounds on tablets and things like that you know you see that they can help. I've took LSD. I can't even tell you. I've took LSD and I had to tell my mum because I was in such a mess. Why did you take LSD? Because it's meant to have this sort of chemical in there that can help with. You know, you read did, these stories. Did you read groups. it on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but the thing is. The thing is, you'll try anything because yeah. a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of chaps in this group to kill themselves oh. because they can't handle it, and can't deal with the fact that you'll never feel like you can love again. I've literally gone from dating normally to zero. Who wants somebody who can't have sex? Basically, you know, when, when I say that, people say take Viagra. It's not, it's nothing to do with that. When you take the emotional and sexual feelings out of sex, it's actually weird. Sex is weird. We're rolling around in a bed with somebody. <laughs> and without the pleasure there, it's like, oh, God, what is going on? So, you know, you look at it, you, you, when you see it from the other side, it's strange. Is, you know, I mean, obviously the, the LSD wasn't a hit. No. But, I mean, has anything helped? Yeah. This is when I've realised that, that there is an answer out there. I've took St John's Wort. You can take them for a few days. So you could take them for a week, then about five, six days later, you'll get one day where you feel completely normal. But there's no guarantee on what specific day that will be. I've had a lot of problems with it because when it's messing with your emotions, it can also, you know, give you bad side effects. So what I'm saying is there is an answer there. And I just wish that the science world or the doctors would try and look into it and think, because I think a lot of people in these groups and a lot of people who are suffering if, if you knew there was a tablet to take to make you feel normal, you'd take it. Lee, if your doctor would have told you before you took the antidepressants, look, I can give you this, it will improve your mood, but it's going to come with all of these side effects. Um, or there, there's a risk of there is a, There's a risk. What would your decision have been? Would you have done anything differently? It would have been point blank, no. 100% I would not have even gone near that. You know, this is what we discussed because the tablets I've got, it says can cause sexual problems. And they've changed it now to can cause permanent sexual dysfunction. That wasn't on there when I was there. But they've known about this since 1992, which baffles me. They're still giving it to like 17-year-old young people. It's really life-changing when it happens to you. It's really life-ending for some. Well, Lee, thank you very much for coming on today. We really appreciate you being so honest with us. It's okay. Thank you. 
I have to say, I, I wonder how much influence Facebook groups have on these mm. you know, un- under-recognised conditions and problems. I remember years ago writing about Morgellons. Have you ever heard of that one? No. It's a condition uh, that's uh, not recognised in the medical literature in which I think people believe that their bodies become infested with alien fibres. Oh, okay, um, so this is quite different. I Actually, after we wrote about it, people started sending me samples of the fibres that came out of their skin, which looked remarkably like... Something they'd fall, fallen fluff. down the back of the sofa. Is there anything to do with Condition. 5G? I'm not sure, but there may, may be an axis. Right. Having said that, often these communities pop up to fill a gap where the medical literature hasn't really caught up yet or... Oh, I think doctors are often way too... I mean, as Ellie kind of indicated, mm. way too busy seeing the next patient and the next patient and the next patient in, to really address the things in, in depth. I mean, we saw that situation with the mesh implant mm. story. Mm. And, you know, I mean, if you ask doctors... Over the last few years, they would have said, oh, you know, there's no evidence, there's no evidence, because that was true. And then and then there is evidence. Mm. So, in fact, all these women were completely right. Yeah. I think it's interesting with sexual problems as well, because they're so, as Ellie was saying, the value that you give to them is so individual, dependent on your circumstances, your relationship status, mm. the type of person you are. And so, yeah, I can imagine that for a lot of people, it doesn't necessarily come up in conversation. Very true, very true. Well, look, next on the line, we've got the professor who first alerted us to this story, Joanna Moncrief. Dr Moncrief, thanks very much for finding some time to talk to us. What was it that first alerted you to this situation? As, as a psychiatrist, you see patients who've been on antidepressants or are on antidepressants all the time, I presume. I do, but my patients don't often talk about their sexual problems. And I think this is one of the problems with this subject, that people are embarrassed to bring it up with their doctors. So what alerted me to it is people emailing me. Mm. More and more people emailing me saying that they'd been on antidepressants, they'd stopped them, and they had this ongoing sexual dysfunction. Sorry to ask, but why were they emailing you rather than they're not your patients? Why, why would they? So, so sorry, these are people who I don't know yeah. who are emailing me because they've read something that I've written. They know that I'm interested in antidepressants and their adverse effects. Yeah, yeah. And so, yes, these are not my patients. The point I'm trying to make is I think it's, it's easier for people to communicate about this problem in an anonymous way than to tell their doctors, and that's probably why it's taken so long to, to come out. And, and what kinds of problems are people suffering from? So loss of libido is an important one, and genital anaesthesia, not being able to feel properly, reduced sensitivity of, of the genital area, and other types of sexual dysfunction, such as erectile dysfunction, delay or difficulty having an orgasm, all sorts of sexual dysfunction, really. The very characteristic thing is this reduced genital sensitivity and loss of libido. And what might be causing that? Because it sounds like some kind of nervous system damage. I did a bit of reading and, and I saw one patient described it like being dead from the waist down. What's going on there? The sank answer is we don't know. We really don't know. It could be lots of different things. It might be something in the brain. It might be something in the, you know, more more localised around the genitals or both, probably a bit of both. Mm. 
Dr Moncrief, what would you say to the argument that it's very difficult to tease apart whether this is a symptom of the medication or of the mental health problem to begin with? We know that sexual dysfunction is very common with depression and anxiety, for instance. What do you think about that? I agree that sexual problems such as loss of libido are a common aspect of depression, but there are aspects of the sexual dysfunction you get with SSRIs that are not so typical of depression, that are not typical of depression at all, such as the reduced genital anesthesia. That's not a symptom of depression. And things like delayed orgasm and reduced intensity of orgasm and sexual pleasure are not generally symptoms of depression either. So there are some aspects of this that are different from the sexual dysfunction that you get in depression. But some aspects are the same, such as the loss of libido, and that that is difficult to tease apart. But people who are reporting this post-antidepressant sexual dysfunction are not all depressed. Many of them are, are not particularly depressed. What they're reporting is that they have these sexual problems that they didn't have before they started on the antidepressants and have come on since they were taking the antidepressants. And we need to listen to people. This is how adverse effects of drugs come out. They come because people report them. People across the world report a consistent pattern of reaction to a drug. That's how we learn about the effects of drugs. I mean, so many millions and presumably billions of people have taken antidepressants now over the years. And, you know, there's been big trials and it's surprising that these kinds of things aren't better understood. What's your take on that? I mean, why are there still question marks over such a commonly taken medication? So it's important to say that it's very well recognised that SSRI antidepressants in particular and other antidepressants to a slightly lesser extent cause sexual dysfunction while people are taking them. And this sexual dysfunction also consists of reduced genital sensitivity, erectile dysfunction and loss of libido, and it's often associated with numbing of emotions as well. These are well-recognized effects that happen while you're taking antidepressants. They've been known about for a long time. What has not been recognized is that these can sometimes persist when people stop taking the antidepressants. One of the reasons that hasn't been picked up is because we've not really been thinking about the possibility that drugs can cause long-standing persistent problems that can go on after you stop taking them. Even though we have known that drugs can do this because antipsychotic drugs, drugs that are used for schizophrenia, They cause some persistent problems, some persistent movement disorder that we call tardive dyskinesia. That's been known about for decades. We also know that benzodiazepines, in some people, when they come off them, they get long-term symptoms, including sort of hyperarousal type symptoms. So we haven't paid enough attention to the possibility that drugs can cause persistent problems after they're stopped. And none of the trials that are set up to test the safety and efficacy of drugs bother to look at whether some of the side effects persist. But also, of course, we don't have long enough trials of drugs that are used for mental health problems. Trials of antidepressants go on typically about eight weeks. And yet many people take them for months and many people take them for years at a time. And of course, these persistent effects are probably more likely to happen in people who've been taking them for a long period of time. They are recorded in some people who've taken them only for short periods, but in general, they're probably more likely among people who've taken them for long periods of time. So they, even if 
we were testing for persistent effects after this cessation of a of a randomized trial, if the randomized trials only lasted for eight weeks, we probably wouldn't pick them up. Mm. So what would you like to see happen from this point onwards? Well, the most important thing is that people are aware of this. And this is information that should be given to every single person if they're considering starting an antidepressant. And it should be given to people who are on antidepressants in case they want to try and stop taking them to reduce their risk of getting this complication by reducing their exposure to the drugs. So that's the first thing people need to have information about this. They need to know that it's a possibility. We don't know how common it is. It's very difficult to say that. There haven't been any good prevalence studies. But nevertheless, people need to know this is happening and is a risk. And then we need some good prevalence studies. You know, we, we we need studies that that try to work out how commonly this happens by doing some sensitive anonymous interviews with people when they're you know in, in a situation where people are likely to open up about it. Well, Dr. Moncrief, thank you so much for spending some time talking to us. Thank you. Thank you for doing this piece. I didn't get a chance to say this because it didn't really feel like it would fit in uh, while talking to Dr. Moncrief. Mm. But there'll be some people listening to this who will say that she's anti-antidepressants. She's a well-known critic of SSRI antidepressants and has has written books about over-medications, specifically about over-medication in psychiatric patients. And she's questioned the mechanism of how they work as well, hasn't she? But what she says, I wholeheartedly agree with, that you have to listen to patients when they say something's going on. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there is a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, You know, I spend so much time listening to doctors, I can slip into this way of thinking as well, that if there's not proper evidence for something or it's not something's not recognised in the literature, mm. or it's not been peer-reviewed, assessed, etc., and it is just a lot of anecdotes, you know, particularly from unhappy patients mm. with mental health problems, mm. that, in fact, you know, perhaps, you know, the, the problem is, you know, all in their mind or... Yeah. We, we saw the set, a similar kind of issue with um, isotretinoin, roaccutane, and the reports that the drug, which is given for skin conditions, well, for acne, that the drug can trigger suicidal feelings and, and yeah. tragically there's, yeah. there's been linked to suicides. Well, it becomes such an emotive subject, doesn't mm. it? When, when you know, uh, I mean, it sounds silly to say that an acne treatment is life-changing, but it really is a life-changing treatment because it's given to people with super severe acne. And, Absolutely. And, you know, the majority of people, it's, it transforms their skin and, and makes it changes their life, you know, because their faces, they, they're not ashamed to go out mm. anymore and, you know, they've been feeling awful about themselves for so many years well exactly which the then the problem when looking at this issue is the fact that you often get a patient who has had acne for many many years mm. feeling depressed because of their skin and mm. therefore how do you know whether it's the medication that's causing the mental health problems or whether it's the mental health problem that was there to begin with but it does i think the point is it becomes an academic debate doesn't it mm. whereas what really must be done is you've got to listen to patients more Mm. And, and, you know, I mean, I go back to the, the vaginal mesh implant scandal. Mm. You know, I had so many conversations with doctors who swore blind that there was no problem with the, with the operation when clearly there was. 
you know, and these these women were dismissed as as basically hysterical, and and you see it in other areas, even women with uh, endometriosis. Yeah are fobbed off by doctors and and because they can't dismissed. cope with painful periods it's just painful periods yeah, yeah. and i you know and I, I think if enough people are talking about this as a side effect and you know as joanna moncrief says mm. you know i think that you know the difference between feeling miserable anxious and being dead from the waist yeah. down yeah and having no feeling in your other regions. Interestingly, I had a little dig around on NICE's website and I did find a section on sexual dysfunction. And this passage reads, sexual dysfunction is a common symptom of depression. All antidepressants can cause sexual dysfunction. For example, decreased libido, erectile dysfunction, delayed orgasm, impaired ejaculation to varying degrees, most commonly serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So it's obviously recognised, but it was interesting to me that it wasn't on the main page about antidepressants. I had to kind of do uh, a bit of digging. Well, watch this space. I, I, you know, I, I really think Professor Moncrief and others in the, the realm of criticism of SSRIs have, have had a great amount of impact when it came to highlighting withdrawal, which was totally under-recognised. Mm. And uh, perhaps this will be moved slightly more prominently in the guidance once the story gets out we shall see you can read all about this story in this weekend's the mail on sunday which you can consume in good old-fashioned newspaper format on the mail app or on mailplus.co.uk we'll be back with another topic on medical minefield next week see you then goodbye